BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we're going to talk about being an author, why people don't read, why people do read. I don't know. We're going to jump into that because I think that's a trend that has been on the decline. And I got a theory for you, Julie. But before we jump into that, I want to tell everybody about our Patreon account. You can go to patreon.com slash bizquick, sign up and If you like what you hear, you can give us a tip. You can get access to some materials that nobody else has access to. You can, um, I don't know, get some fun stuff from us. Right, Julie? You can. You can. We got to put some more material back there behind the paywall for our subscribers. We've been slacking on that. So we need to handle that. I'll add a task to my task list for that. Perfect. Yes. To do that. Cool. Well, let's jump into it, Julie, because I know you like to read. Mm, I am a reader. I enjoy reading, but I do not read as much as I'd like to. Mm, why is that? I don't have a good... I'm not very good at carving out time in my calendar to read. Mm. Um, generally, just kind of... Um, if I can sit down, it's like... I, I feel like if I'm going to sit down to read, I'm I'm committing a significant amount of time. I haven't gotten in my head that I can literally just read for like 10 minutes and then just keep going. But like mm. if I start a chapter, I want to finish a chapter. Mm, I usually will say I have to read a minimum of 10 pages, which, just, which is just a habit that I had developed from 75 hard. And um, sometimes it's usually the first one of the first things I do in the morning um, because then I know that I always have time for it. I'm reading a really interesting book right now called Strength to Strength, which is all about um, fluid intelligence and... Um, I can't think of the second type of intelligence, but they're really talking about how we decline in our our uh, careers, how um, how rapidly we decline, and how hard it is for people who are really um, define themselves by their careers or or want or their defining stuff is on being successful. So it's it's a it's really about a book about happiness, but it's grounded in how much we tie ourselves to our careers and it's it's very very interesting fast fact about it and then we can get back on topic did you know that um um uh, i can't even give the fact because i can't remember the, i think it was darwin darwin yes it was darwin darwin considers himself a to- considered himself a total failure when he died interesting. He, thought he, he thought he was a complete failure because he was working on a theory and he couldn't finish the theory and he thought that he was a failure and he was literally at the time of his death he was one of the most successful people in the world and he's buried in Westminster Abbey that's how important he was to um, advancement in the world but he he thought he was a failure and he died really unhappy and depressed and all because he thought from his career from a career perspective he wasn't any good 
Well, if he saw the number of people who are alive today who still believe in creationism and that the world is flat, he might still consider himself a failure. (laughs) Do you think he would be proud or embarrassed that we have the Darwin Awards? (laughs) I I think I would. I think he would be proud about that. Like that's that's a that's a nod. Like that's a. Yeah, it is. Not the stupid people. Yes, exactly. But you know the fact that you're. uh, like it, helping prove his theory that the the dumb and the weak and et cetera will weed themselves out of the population. Although we all know that's not happening nowadays, anyways. So. I mean, if it if it, it needs to, I know this is gonna sound terrible. It needs to happen faster. Yes, there are too many of them right now, Corey. So, all right, what's your theory on reading? So, so a long time ago, prior to the printing press, prior to books being widely widely mm-hmm. circulated, the only way to get your information was by storytelling. Like I, you had to be present in the room of somebody telling whatever that story, that fact, that news was in order to get that information. Books were created and that allowed people to um, start getting information widely spread because uh, of the printing press and now the internet, et cetera. And there's all this information out there, but it's that's such a short period of human history that writing has been available widely, widely um, that now that people love watching videos on the internet and they prefer to do that rather than, I mean, I, I hate it when I get looking up news and it's, you know, a headline and I click on it. It's like, okay, cool. Here's a five minute video you want to watch. I'm like, no, I just, just give me the writing. I want like three paragraphs. But I think that deep down inside, we all just like, not we all, but most people um, crave that storytelling. They want somebody to tell them a story. Like that's, that's part of who we are as, as animals, as humans. Interesting. I think it's because our education system has failed us and most people can't read beyond like a fifth grade level. It's really like, honestly, when you're, when you're writing like the target they want you to write for is fifth grade because that's the education of most people. And, you know, I don't, so we write the show notes for Callie Keene's podcast right and he wants his show notes written at like a ninth grade level do you know how hard it is to write at a ninth grade level no i i, I mean if you ask me what to tell the difference between a ninth and a fifth and a twelfth what i probably couldn't so, honestly it's the size of the words oh literally just the size of the word well yeah they were you know using bigger words and i so but for everything on social media you they want you to write for a fifth grade level because that's what most people can read at and it's just it's it's mind-boggling to me right just just write and but that's that's not how that's not how the world works anymore and you know i think like i love books i mean i'm we're sitting in a room that's just literally filled with them and i've got like 10 of them sitting next to me upstairs on the uh on the sofa that i you know grab and read and I'm just a big fan of books. I, I like audiobooks. I'll read it occasionally on my Kindle, but I don't like to read on my Kindle because I like to know page numbers. And the Kindle doesn't show page numbers. It shows like, I don't know what it shows, but it's not page numbers. So, um, you know, I'll read a lot. But I think, you know, there's this saying that I believe is fundamentally true. Not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Like you're not a good reader. You're not a good leader if you aren't reading regularly. There's just too much knowledge that you have to continuously gain to be an effective leader interesting well we need to take a break 
Um, so before we do that, though, do you want to tell everybody about Certivium? I don't. Do you want to tell them about sure. Certivium? So Certivium is our other business that apparently Julie does not like care for anymore. No, knows? that's not true. I just didn't feel like talking about okay, it. Okay, fine. So, yeah, Certivium is our other business. It's uh, fa- uh, focused on customer service, engagement, uh, social media management, social media engagement, content creation, all of that stuff, all of the things that you might need help with when it comes to uh, just engaging and, and capturing and entertaining your audience. Uh, we write um, at a fifth grade level, I'm guessing. <laughs> we, we write in the voice of, of, of your brand for your customers. What, whatever is correct for your customers, yes. yes. Uh, so check that out, certivium.com. The spelling is in the show notes, and we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got Mike Capuzzi on. He is an Amazon bestselling author, a publisher, a coach for business owners, uh, just an all-around entrepreneur. Um, He's got years in marketing and consulting uh, for business, and he also launched Bite Size Books back in 2019, which is a publishing venture um, founded to basically help build bite-sized books. They're smaller, quicker reads, and Mike will tell us more about that. How are you doing today, Mike? Hey, Corey. I'm doing well. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We're looking forward to this conversation because, well, I love books. I have probably hundreds of them all around my house. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think there's no better way to learn. But I also find it really interesting the direction that we're kind of moving as a society when it comes to reading and books. And, you know, even the concept of of bite-sized books would not have existed probably 10 years ago. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea, I mean, to me, it's like, what can you get done in a hundred pages like that? Like, and, and I'm, but on the flip side, like I, I enjoy reading. I just don't have, I don't carve out enough time to read. And so having a hundred page book seems like something I should be interested in, but, um, I, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on, um, I guess just like that, that whole concept and where people are going in terms of like the, the video versus reading, et cetera. Well, I, I mean, I think, listen, books aren't going away. Print books uh, are not going away. You know, they've been they've been going away for decades and they still haven't gone away. So that's not the issue. I do think the issue is, and I'm a voracious reader too, Julie, um, is for some reason, attention spans are getting shorter. Uh, people want stuff quicker. I mean, it's nothing that we're not, you know, we don't already know it's happening. So I'm a voracious reader. I can't tell you how many normal books I start, you know, two, 300 page books, and I never finish. I, I have every intention to. So I think the ability to offer impactful, helpful information in the form of a short book about a one-hour read uh, has a big promise for readers. Obviously, it's easier for authors to write. And um, I think, you know, both sides really appreciate the pithiness and the focus of a short book. So do you actually, do you sort of work with authors to create the outline and then they're writing it themselves and you're doing the editing? Or do you have people that are doing the writing for you? Like, how does that work? It's a little bit of, well, it's primarily the, the former. Uh, we, I really do encourage all of our authors, and our authors are business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs, typically. Um, so we're, we're helping them with nonfiction business books. But I always encourage them if they can write it themselves, because again, it's not a lot. We're talking 12, 15,000 words, which is dramatically different than a normal book. Um, it's better to come from their own voice. We do offer ghostwriting. We're working with a big-time CEO right now who just doesn't have the time to write his own book. But uh, we do that. But I think it's always better to come. No one's as passionate about your what you have to share than you are. Yeah. And and no ghostwriter, even as good as they may be, are never going to capture that uh, 
expertise in essence the best. I think our book is like 85,000 words, Corey. That sounds about right. If I remember correctly. That sounds about right. It took forever to write and... um, but I, I, honestly, I would I would write another one. I just can't get this guy to commit to it. Yeah, and frankly, the yeah the uh, the fact that we combined probably read that book twelve to twenty times uh, independently together out loud, etc. Maybe that's why I don't like reading anymore. I, <laughs> but yeah, that that process was interesting for us, and and um, you know very happy that we did write the book. Uh, we also had, I guess kind of some crazy expectations for what the book was going to do for us. Uh, and it really just turned into a very expensive business card for us mm-hmm. where we, we had some decent sales in the beginning. We get meager sales throughout the year, but we don't really promote it ourselves. Um, and it, for us, it's just really, it's easy for us to just get, give away to, you know, potential clients, et cetera. Um, so how do you help people who write their books? I mean, what, like what, expectations do you set them up for from, from the beginning? Yeah, great question. And it's funny, I actually, I wrote a, a short book called The Magic of Free Books because, Corey, we encourage our authors, this is not about making money by selling books. You're not going to make money selling books. You know, Even if you're a huge author, the amount of money that you quote make is, is not a whole lot now. Again, we're talking nonfiction business books. Um, the way you make money with these books, even if you guys write another one, it's always on the back end. Right. It's about getting readers to know, like, and trust you. That, you know, cliche we've all heard, which is, is real. That's what a book does. It's a conversation. But now connecting interested readers, there's a small percentage of readers that are always going to want more from you. So how do you connect those readers to your, your high, high end, back end services, products, whatever they are? That's what the kind of books that we create for our clients do. They, they, you make your money on the back end and we encourage all of our authors this is about giving away as many books as you can. I mean, yeah, you'll sell them up on Amazon if you're on Amazon, et cetera. But this is about handing them out, giving them out, et cetera. So what's that process like when you're uh, when you start working with a client or a potential client? Um, do you ever have somebody that comes in with just an idea that's just awful? And yes. like, you know what, I'm just going <laughs> to tell you that you probably shouldn't write this book. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, they already know because they've read my short books. So they they already if, when they land, you know, when we're having that first conversation, they already know. Um, I've got a twenty four year background in direct remark, direct response marketing, so I'm a, I'm a marketing guy first and foremost. So I really uncover, you know, what's your goals? What do you want your readers to do? You know, if, if you're trying to write a New York Times bestseller, if you're trying to, you know. Uh, you know, have this sort of book that is all over the place on, you know, uh, traditional media. That's not the kind of thing we're doing necessarily. Though some of our authors have gotten good media coverage, but it's really about uncovering, you know, what are the goals? What do you want the book to do? And how are you going to be able to measure what the book does? And um, that's what we focus on initially to really kick before we even start having the author write anything. It's a very sort of step-by-step approach. How many um, books have you written with authors since you started the business? Yeah, so we are up to, I think it's like over 125. I don't nice. think it's 130 yet um, authors. Ironically, we, we started, you know, I started working with clients back in our first client book was 2008 and did a couple here and there. And then I just, I, I, as I'm sort of transitioning to the, the I would say the, the last part of my career, 
Um, I really just focused on books. I, I just love it. I love the process. I love being able to still hold something and see yeah. something come from idea to fruition. So we are all in today. I mean, 100% of our business today uh, is book publishing. I have a hot tip on a book for you that really addresses, talks about career transition. Um, and it's called Strength to Strength. Um, and it is... It's really focuses on happiness, but how much time we spend um, if you're really super career driven and, and think about success that you're so much less likely to actually be happy, but how mm. how your career declines rapidly and how you can you can switch that to, you know, be a, in a more coaching or con- consultative mode where you have the expertise and you can teach. That's why I guess I, I lear- recently learned that the most the highest rated professors, the best teacher, like best teachers in, in the educational system are the people that are like between like 55 and like 80 are consistently the best because they truly have like so much knowledge built up and they're just teaching. So do you do that? whole? So there's a tip for you on that book. It's very good. I'm reading it right now. But do you do the whole push of the I'm getting your um, authors to the Amazon number one bestseller status to help with authority or no, it's literally we're going to write the book. And then if you want to get to number one, go for it. Yeah. Interesting question, Julie. So <laughs> I actually written about it a couple times. Okay. And so I'm going to flip flop on you. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is, and this is my true belief. It's all BS for the most part, oh, right? All that Amazon I'm stuff. I'm with you. Right. It's BS. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> So I'm a podcast host also, and I just got a podcast guest request from someone who's a Amazon bestseller. I couldn't find him anywhere. I couldn't find his book on Amazon. But anyway, um, okay. So that's the, that's my first reaction. Uh-huh. And if you or you know how it's gamed, and, and listen, so with the New York Times bestseller, you know, all those other all lists, of them gamed, yeah. A lot of it's pay to play. Whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. Having said that. Um, in summer of 2020, I said, you know what, I'm going to really, you know, so interestingly enough, I'm an engineer by degree. So I have an engineering degree from Penn state and, um, (laughs) how to get that in. Um, I heard it. So I like to reverse engineer things. I like to figure things out. So I said, you know, I'm going to figure out this Amazon thing. All the other books I've put up on Amazon, I didn't care if they were quote bestsellers. So I really studied how it really works. And I wrote a, a short, helpful book called the hundred page book which is hundred pages. And um, <laughs> it became an, a international bestseller. And, and I didn't do all the BS stuff. I just emailed my list. I got some JV partners and we actually ended up selling thousands and thousands of copies. And it was a bestseller for months. What did that do? Well, the reality is it gave me the tag, you know, which now I use. Yes. Yeah, so I now flip flop on you. Um, but it did fill up because our, all our books are direct response books. So we are capturing by having, you know, calls to action in the books mm-hmm. Um, we're building our email list from that. And it was, it made a big difference, Julie. So no, we are not one of those publishers that focuses on it. If you want to try to do it, go for it. I can give you some strategies and stuff. I have a training, I create it, but it's, it's, again, it's about giving away as many of these as possible. So you dropped a couple of things in there that I want to kind of combine in together. First use one of my favorite words, measure. Um, and that's very important when it comes to basically doing anything. And then we're talking about Amazon and I want to know what your experience is like using Amazon as a publisher, because for a company that built its business off of selling books, 
and they probably have a ton, make a ton of money off of selling our data across. Their reporting <laughs> is just awful. Like, or am I just stupid? Like, <laughs> um, it's, it's, I think you're probably more realistic. Your eyes are wide open. So I do like Amazon. I mean, there's a lot, and it's Amazon KDP, right? Amazon uh, Kindle Direct right. Publishing is their the publishing arm. And the fact of the matter is they've made it so much easier. My first book was published in 2007. I had to buy 3,000 copies uh, from a book printer so I could get mm-hmm. the price point to where I needed it. And, you know, to get rid of 3,000 copies takes a little while. Amazon, you can buy one copy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they make it, they've, the, the technology behind Amazon KDB has made it so much easier to self-publish. Yes, there's a lot of things that you kind of wish were better. I mean, it's their customer. It's your book, but it's their customer. That's why you have to have ways to extract who's buying your book to the best of your ability. Um, and then, you know, Corey, to your point, <laughs> Um, yes, the reporting is, I don't know if you've been in there recently, but they have a, a beta, which has been beta for over a year, um, a beta version of their reporting. It is what it is. You know, there's still the big 800 pound gorilla and, um, you just figure out ways to leverage it. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating because Julie and I have had these, um, I'll call it a heated discussion. It's not an argument. It's not like we're mad at each other, but we'll do a push and she'll say, oh, I know, you know, these 27 people bought a book. What does it say on Amazon? And I'm like, we sold three. I, and she's like, no, that's not, they're, they're not lying to me. I'm like, I know they're not lying to you, but so, somewhere there's a disconnect. Like in what Amazon's reporting, what your friends are reporting. Um, and I'm just the middleman at this point. It's well, crazy. I mean, listen, really, the reality there is you know, they buy a paperback, right? Or do they buy the digital version? Or do, are they reading the Kindle version for free on Kindle Unlimited? I mean, there's so many different ways you can, quote, get your book or get someone's book. Mm-hmm. And where it shows up on Amazon could be in in a different bucket. Um, but yeah, I hear you. Okay. So outside of that, how do you help uh, your clients measure the success of, of their book, what they're doing? Yeah, it's all about the bottom line for us, right? So it's all about, is it typically these types of books are used for lead generation. So they're, they're giving them away on the front end. Hey, get my book, request my book. As a matter of fact, some of our most successful clients are local lawyers who are literally, and you're going to not believe this, but they're literally advertising their book in newspapers. Now, the topic of the book is Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So, you know, the older demographic still reads newspapers. They just put a, a little ad, hey, get my free book. And they tell them where to get it, call the office, whatever. So lead generation is the first way we measure, quote, the success. Uh, and then obviously on the back end, a lot of our clients are using the strategy session, that, that first discovery call as a mechanism to get a book reader to you know, identify themselves. Um, and then you know, are they ultimately becoming a client or customer through that pathway? Do you think that there is a disadvantage? Um, so do you think Corey and I put ourselves at a disadvantage when we wrote our book? Um, so we we tend to like go overboard on pretty much everything we do, right? So we write this book and it's, I don't know, it's probably like 280 pages. Mm-hmm. And it also has a digital workbook with it, right? Mm-hmm. And you can get it on Kindle um, or you can, you know, get the, the paperback of it. But as a first book where we weren't really that well known because we wrote it very early in our business, we've get, you know, 
we've sold a fair a fair number of copies of the book over the last two years. But I have to be honest, like almost nobody has even bothered to enter their email address to get the digital download. So I'm like, is nobody actually reading this book? Because it is filled with knowledge for small business owners. So I'm like, should we have gone smaller? Did a, you know, 50 page book that offered just some hot tips. And then this was our second book that people would have then been like, oh, I know these guys. They're, they definitely know what they're doing. Like where, where did we go wrong that we have a freebie in our book and nobody even bothers to look at it? Well, Julie, there's a, definitely a couple of topics there that hopefully I won't forget because <laughs> they're, they're all good questions. Yeah, I mean, listen, if had you and I been talking two or three years ago, I would advise you take that 300-page book and make three 100-page books. There's a lot of benefit to that, um, that you don't get with one book. The other thing is, I just interviewed a gentleman from uh, Tasmania on my podcast. So Tasmania, right? Um, it took him seven years to write his first book. He got it done, and it, it was painfully said. And then I just interviewed him. He heard about our concept of short, helpful books, and he's like, I'm doing a, you know, a book with you now because it's so much quicker. Mm-hmm. And he sees the value. So I think there is value. I think you know, ideas change. Your goals potentially could change. So the, to invest all that seven years or multiple you know, years, our average client takes about eight to 12 weeks. And these are good books, short, helpful book. Mm-hmm. It's not a crappy book. It's not a short, crappy book. It's, <laughs> we really work hard. Um, so I do think there's value and it's a lot easier. It's a lot quicker. It's a lot less painful to do a shorter book than a longer book. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the other part I wanted to hit? You were saying about going wrong and, oh, about Amazon and and, uh, that's, that, that is interesting. I just was talking to somebody just last week about our own, you know, calls to action and the numbers have gone down recently. Um, and we offer some really good stuff also. It's a, it's a numbers game, like all marketing, right? You know, if you're selling a thousand copies, let's say a month, a thousand mm-hmm. copies of your book a month, you're still going to be amazingly disappointed at what percentage will still opt in for your offers mm-hmm. in the book. Why is that? They're buying it, not reading it. Um, you know, they're, they're quote turned off by, you know, they don't need any more, but it, it it's always a percentage game. And, and I always encourage people to say, look this way. You can only help those you can help, right? So if someone's going to ignore right. it, don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, the only other thing I would say to you guys, and I do this a lot, we're doing it again. We update our content on Amazon, which Amazon does make this easy. So you could update your books. Yeah. So you could update your calls to action or your offer and tweak it. We, I do that all the time with my books. I'm testing different offers, mm. just uploading a new PDF to Amazon and seeing what works. Just another thought there. By the way, you might have a new tagline there, short, crappy books. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> we unfortunately have to start wrapping up here, Mike. Uh, but um, before we go, I want to tell all of our listeners to head over to MikeCapuzzi.com slash gifts to uh, get a free gift from Mike. The link for that is going to be in the show notes, including the spelling on Capuzzi. And uh, I want to say thanks, Mike, for joining the show. And thank you to our listeners. And everything you need to know about this show will be in the show notes. Yep. And if you want to work with us... You can check out our website, sbpace.com. Not only can you find all of our social media information, you can also find out more about Certivium, that that company that Corey mentioned before we went to break. 
And we have a ton of free content out there and also a lot of information on the different paid services that we offer. Again, that's sbpace.com. Check out our radio show. It's Defeat the Chaos. It's every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. And for this podcast, be sure to download, rate, subscribe, and give us a review and reach out to us if you have any ideas for the show. This seems like it's repetitive information, but we have a book. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. If you've made it this far, you know it has a digital download. This also seems fairly unimportant at this point, but it is an Amazon number one bestseller. And if you've already bought it, it would be great if you went back and rated and reviewed it, even though I feel like I just shit all over it in that brief, brief segment. Yes, I was curious if you were going to skip that Amazon bestseller part. In the intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for today's show. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. <laughs>